I V M I V M Hello everyone this is your daily NBA podcast coming to you from Monday to Friday I'm your host Monish and as always joined by Nishant this is Triangle Offense We had 8 teams in action today three first round series coming to an end while Luka Doncic scored 42 points to give the Mavs an advantage over the Clippers and take the 3-2 lead in the series lots to talk about let's get started Whether you're an established sports person or a budding one or simply a sports enthusiast join us Tanvi and Shlok We are two passionate pro badminton players talking policy mindset and everything sport So tune in to the Millennial Athlete every Monday only on the IVM Podcast Network Trust us it's going to be lit We'll start off with the Sixers and the Wizards the Sixers finally putting the Wizards to rest Ben Simmons just shutting down the ghosts of his game 4 scoring some free throws as well 5 out of 8 not too bad compared to what he had before <laughs> Tobias Harris got rid of his nightmarish shooting in game 4 so i think the philadelphia 76ers overall had a nightmarish game in game 4 yeah. all of them put to rest tobias harris had a great night seth curry went off got 30 points himself and then ben simmons actually played at uh, center small ball center <laughs> yeah. the sixers are experimenting pretty comfortable victory uh, no surprises there but joel embiid's status still remains uncertain for the next series how how dangerous is that going to be for the sixers oh very first of all um When I, when I was saying it'll be interesting how Doc Rivers, who's been supporting Ben Simmons all year long and saying how, telling us how valuable he is, and I I know that I believe in that, but there were a lot of naysayers. <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, I thought it'll be interesting to see how he handles it, and I think he took it to the next level. Last season, uh, Philadelphia played Simmons at the four in a bunch yep. of towards the end, end of the season, but this is another level. This is yep. basically Doc Rivers looking at the league. saying okay we have point centers now we have jokic <laughs> we have a few others who are developing into this sort of player uh so let's let's cash in maybe maybe it works this uh, small ball center because he's i mean he's bigger than uh, pj tucker and tucker played at center against ad yep. people so this should work right with the, with his passing with his inability to shoot and his size he just he is a center actually his game is that of a center <laughs> a point center so it worked that was great that was great to see um the the other standout uh, stat from this match which which is something that might worry the sixers is uh they were garbage from 3 uh, mm-hmm. the only yeah. reason it didn't cost them is a because it's the wizards and and b because it is the wizards they are the most garbage <laughs> team from 3 in the league like you remember we were looking at that four quarter yep. half of yep the, like the x axis was number of threes attempted and the y axis was uh percentage three conversion Uh, and the wizards were bottom left max like at the corner of the image to the point where i thought it was a watermark <laughs> i had to actually look at it to know it's a logo so um it that's going to be a problem especially against the hawks which is who, whom these guys play the hawks are lethal from from deep it's going to take all of ben simmons's ability to try and uh, contain trey young which which i think he should be able to do um but they still have a bunch of sharp shooters the hawks right so and that's where embiid comes in because the hawks are pretty strong on the interior capella has been a monster this season right uh, with embiid not too much of a problem because cuz capella have his hands full without embiid it's going to be it's going to be a big ask i think dwight howard's up for it if they want to play him there 
if they want mm-hmm. to play him and start him then i think he's up for it but it'll be a, it'll be a very uh, interesting series against the hawks with embiid they're too strong for the hawks without embiid this is a tough series i i would still slightly ever so slightly favor philadelphia cuz more experience cuz coaching uh, but mm-hmm. but it uh, the hawks can make a meal of the series of course the sixers are 10 and 11 without embiid in the regular season uh, and now in the playoffs 1 and 1 uh it's going to be tough they were outscored by one point whenever embiid is off the court yeah. itself even when he's on the bench they've been outscored so it that shows how much of a monster he's been in the rim on you can see it in the box scores right he gets you 35 points 15 rebounds mm-hmm. every single game mm-hmm. obviously he was one of the contenders for mvp that that was his impact and to lose a player like that for what like this is the third time in four years that they're yeah. losing and last yeah. year they didn't have ben simmons that's that's a sad story for philadelphia i mean such a great player it's just a shame to see him get injured at this pivotal time in the series so uh, i hope embiid is back to make a good to make it a good series i, I wouldn't discount the hawks the way they've been playing they've raised the game to an entirely different level knocked out the next sure. day sure. trey young getting 36 points he was not at his best hmm. but still 36 points even when he's not at his best shows his class right. and then a message to the msg where he bowed down like a broadway performer and <laughs> it's class i mean This this draft of 2018 is going places, isn't it? I mean, oh, yes. and because Trey yeah. Young, Luka yeah. Doncic, Aiton, Michael Porter Jr., all of them balling out, all of them getting great games, all of them performing, shining, even in the playoffs, great to see. Uh, the Hawks, though, I mean, they're 27 and 11 since the change of coach, and honestly, I I underestimated them. I thought the Knicks would really uh, go past them, even though it would have been a six or seven game series. I thought the Knicks would win, but the Hawks easily went past the Knicks. I mean, the Knicks. great season for them uh, unfortunate end the hawks are a team to watch out for i don't think it will be easy for the sixers even with embiid on the floor mm i wonder who picked the hawks to win against the next season you did i i got to mm. give you that one you did mm. no i it's it's too much of offense for the next to handle that was simply what i was banking on and and the nicks whatever they did in the regular season was they banked heavily on a julius randall's performance now him tanking that i didn't see like he he choked he flat out choked yep. the series yep. that i didn't expect um but outside of him they had shooting troubles early on barrett was shooting brick after brick bullock wasn't great yep. at the start of the season he picked up much later and they didn't have derrick rose for a good chunk of the season right rose came in much later right so this team had had its own share of problems but they rode high uh, on the coattails of of julius randle's uh, mip performance and their defense now that was the hallmark of all of their success and and i thought that defense as good as it is is not going to be able to hold hold down um atlanta's offense because they can hurt you inside and out with capella that was such a genius move for them and disastrous for the rockets to acquire clint capella because trey young in a pick and roll with capella is is dangerous that that, yep. that gives him so many more options especially once they start running staggered screens and all the stuff that that you usually see utah do that that atlanta are doing more and more of so he's learning from his seniors looks like um and and that that's kind of why i picked the hawks and that's why i say the hawks will be a handful for um for philadelphia even with embiid on the floor i think hawks offense will be a handful but i think mm-hmm. with embiid on the floor philly can always outscore the hawks they can always put points mm-hmm. up uh, they they uh, space the floor p- possibly even better than the hawks can because with embiid um very often you'll see him uh float to the perimeter and what are you going to do capella has to follow him nobody else can can even hope to compete with him yep. and that creates all kinds of nightmare scenarios especially if embiid's the one setting screens in a pick and roll 
um, that really exposes Capella because if he switches, um, that's a problem because then he's now on some shooter or or Ben Simmons who will easily go past him though he can't shoot. Um, <laughs> and if he doesn't switch, Embiid's good enough to to drain a few threes every now and then. So right. uh, Embiid creates a lot of problems on offense, um, even more than <clears throat> what he can perform on 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 defense. So I think with Embiid it's it's too much for the Hawks to overcome. Um, they, I, I still respect them enough to say it, it might even go to six games. But without mm-hmm. Embiid, uh, slight favorites Philadelphia, but but this series could go either way. Great season for the Hawks. They're reaching the second uh, second round after five years. Where in 2016 they had Mike Budenholzer as a coach, and the team was built around Al Horford, Paul Millsap. Yeah. What a that that team doesn't exist anymore. It's entirely built around Trey Young and. Boy, has he risen up to the occasion. Uh, but before we move on to the next game, I think uh, we'll, we'll have to talk about the Knicks because the Knicks had a great season regardless of how it ended. I think uh, lots to look forward to for them. They ended 41-31. and 31. Uh, They got a few stars. RJ Barrett showed that he can stay in the league. He can be a player in the league. Julius Randle really rose to the occasion as well. Yeah, four bad games. That's, that's all he had. Or five right. bad games. That's all he had. But... I think he's a player uh, to watch out for. Uh, lots to look for the Knicks. They have a huge budget. They can go out and oh, yeah. and get a yeah, big yeah. player as well. Well, it's free agency time. Um, so I think I think they did great for themselves in the sense that they've showcased this as one of the um, nicest opportunities for a star or a star in the making free agent to come and slot in as the face of the franchise. Because right now that's Julius Randle. There'll be plenty of stars that fancy themselves to be able to take over from Randle. Right. And everything else is in place. Um, they have a great defense. They have a great uh, set of young stars that are up and coming. They have cap space, so they can they can bring in the kind of role players and stars that they need to compete. Um, and I'll have to check, but I think they have a couple of interesting draft picks coming up. So, so yep. overall, they're well positioned. The biggest problem with the New York franchise was that the ownership would meddle and the front office was a mess. Right. Uh, ownership can't really change that. But But to a large extent, I think... Um, the front office issue has been fixed. They have people that the players respect. That's most important. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like yep. Pelinka. They have people from PR and sports agencies and stuff. So, so that will give them some street cred, so to speak. Um, they can they can land some uh, some interesting free agents should any anyone turn up now because it's also the biggest basketball market commercially right. and lifestyle wise. It is an attractive city. It's a big city market and one that doesn't have a superstar right now. So you could really go build a brand there. Yep. Um, yeah, I think they've done great for themselves this year. This is a disappointing end to their season, but uh, I think they're only getting started. Talking about taking care of business, uh, like the Sixers did, like the Hawks did, the Jazz came out there today to take care of business. They demolished uh, Memphis Grizzlies. It was all over after the first quarter. They took a 48-28 yeah. lead. And the Grizzlies, despite all their hustle and young blood and all of that, it was way too much for them. I mean, there was yeah. no contest after that. Yeah, yeah. Donovan Mitchell went off, got 30 points for himself, th- 10 assists. Uh, everyone contributed to this game. Gobert got 23, uh, Clarkson got 24, Royce O'Neal got 17, Bojan got 17. And we, we've always talked about the depth of Utah Jazz and it was all on display today. Yeah, uh, even even when depth, especially because their shooting wasn't all that great. I mean, they put up the same three volume, they weren't just hitting as many. Well, they got eight of the first ten and then the second half was just yeah, like garbage lot. time. So Yeah, yeah. So, um, no, I'm saying, but overall, even then, even yeah. as wasteful as they were from there, because they, these guys almost half their shots are three attempts these days. So, yep. Yep. so it hurts them a lot when those don't go in. 
and they're still able to hurt them just because of the sheer spread of scoring the number of people in uh, was it like five players that they had in double digits or was it six five i think it was but uh very very impressive uh and what should be the most frightening thing about this jazz team is because of the kind of options that they have on offense and the way they're able to distribute the load um they're also able to play with multiple play styles so what you see in some other superstar driven teams like with lakers what's the question always what happens when lebron's off the court what yep. happens when lucas sits what yep. happens when trey young is not driving the offense um right. the jazz are affected it's not like they're immune to their star player going off like uh, going off the court but given how many ways they score and just how distributed their playmaking is regardless mm-hmm. of who gets the assist it's not one guy making genius plays all the time like it is with the mavs right steam ball it's off the ball movement it's slashers and runs and set plays and screens and just fundamental basketball so donovan's off the court somebody else is running the show clarkson's taking off he can do iso he can run plays bogdanovic can do it conley had an off night and they still put up like 120 plus so yep uh, this team can hurt you multiple ways and they're really showing off their entire range which should put the western conference on notice but it's a team without a quintessential superstar and not a glamour market so i guess we're going to continue to sleep on the jazz until they actually win the west if they do <laughs> with that uh, i mean things have been falling into place for them right i mean mavs and clippers are fighting it out that might as well go to 7 yeah. with there's no home advantage there no team is able <laughs> to win at home uh, luka doncic went off and got 42 points and yeah. before i get to that things are falling in place i mean the mavs and clippers whoever comes through the jazz will face them but that will be a tired and fatigued team uh, on the other end of the bracket you might not even have lebron and the lakers there because yeah they just injured and phoenix sun might just take care of business over there True. and you might just end up facing the phoenix suns in a final how how it's a dream for the jazz i think that's a reward for finishing top in the regular season and they're 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 enjoying it I like how we've just written off Denver or Portland whoever comes through to Well it's the Phoenix Suns <laughs> or the Denver or Portland and yeah whoever comes from there Yeah it, um, it's not the Lakers it's not the Clippers you're avoiding all yeah, of them Correct correct no unless they choke uh, the Jazz are poised to come out of the west as it stands but the thing is so many series are now so topsy turvy um, yep. you don't know you don't know what happens in that Mavs Clippers series and and in what shape they get out whichever team gets out of it are they coming out unscathed fatigue i understand but injuries um, yep. how's that going to look um, so but right now as of today the jazz look best placed to come out of the east might change tomorrow you never know but mm-hmm. for today it's the jazz <laughs> hello everybody welcome to another great week on the ivm podcast network if you're not following us on social media please do we're ivm podcast on twitter facebook and instagram We'd like to thank the sponsors on the network this week, Cred, PayPal, and CF. Thank you. We really do appreciate the support. So this week on Cyrus Says was great. We had Meghna joining us on Cock and Bull, Tanvir Taj and Priyanka Jena talking about pets. Yuma Kureshi talks about her new television show and her life in Bollywood. And to celebrate 700 episodes on Cyrus Says, we had a number of his previous producers come on board and reminisce. Tune into this round is on me where Gauri Devidyal was joined by Samir Shet and Yash Panage. These are the guys who started Bombay Canteen, O Pedro and a number of other restaurants. Really great conversation they had with Gauri. On the habit coach Ashton Doctor tells us about nourishing creativity and the importance of losing and some micro habits to counter overthinking. 
On their 75th episode, Ritasha and Rayushi talk to Naveen Richards. On The Note with Marika Nayad, she speaks with Komal Nahata to talk about the business of Bollywood, lockdown losses, piracy issues, and experiments being done to keep it going. On Advertising is Dead, Varun is joined by Gurupat, VP of Customer Success Platform for PayPal India, to talk about how the digital money landscape and the fintech ecosystem has fundamentally altered the world. We also have Thalarate, our Kannada podcast. Hosts Ganesh and Pawan discuss video games. And Sivakamyam Sabatam, the Tamil show where Kavita Jiva sheds light in another story about the bravery and excellence in the governance of the Pallava dynasty. And with that, let's get you back to your show. And then moving on to the Staples Arena where Luka Doncic put on yet another show. He's played all his playoff games, 11 of them, all against the Clippers. <laughs> he averages around 40 points, he averages around 9 rebounds, averages around 10 assists. This is against one of the best teams in the Western Conference. He's not seen any other team in the playoffs. He might see them after this if he takes care of the Clippers in one more game. 42 points, 8 rebounds, 13 assists, 6 out of 11 from 3 was it. And single-handedly, I mean, you saw Dame Lillard put on a spectacle yesterday. This was something similar. And yeah. this, the only difference being this resulted in a win. True. I mean, you're running out of adjectives to describe this guy at this moment. Kawhi Leonard had one off day. He got 20 points. Paul George got 23. Uh, Reggie Jackson went off and got 20 points. But what's wrong with the Clippers? I mean, this is what I've been telling all season long, right? I mean, when it comes to clutch moments, they are clueless. They don't know what to do. They don't know who's calling the shots. All they know is you've got to pass the ball into Kawhi's hands regardless of where he is and what position. And you saw him airball it today, which is very unlike Kawhi as well. But... what this this is the problem with clippers you don't have a leader and this is how it yeah. turns out yeah who's calling the shots on the floor that's what i want to know who the hell is making decisions batum <laughs> it looks like it because look on that shot kawai hit an air ball sure but it was a ridiculously tough shot contested he had no room to even uh, turn around and shoot uh, there's only two players i can think of that make that shot more often than they miss it uh, everyone knows the names i'm not going to say it now kawai <laughs> the thing is Of course, the ball went to Kawhi. Of course, he took that uh, that three. But here's uh, the number of things that were wrong with that. A, there was no plan other than just get it to Kawhi. Uh, which okay, some players make that work. But the game has changed. The era has changed. It's not like you yep. can do that Michael Jordan Kobe thing today. Defenses are smarter. They know how to create better angles. They know how to create better suffocation, avoid separation between the shooter and the defender. People are better prepared now. So you can't do this thing of you just catch the ball, turn around, and shoot. it's going to be a very low percentage move it didn't look like they had a plan uh, just wherever kawai can wriggle free just throw the ball to him just turn around and shoot and hope for the best that's not a plan that's not a plan people have elaborate set pieces for what to do if you need one shot to win the match or tie the game uh, it that didn't look like any of that that was just schoolyard bullshit and that's just the last play forget that why did it come to that the clutches players you know don't allow it to come down to the last yep. if they can help yep. it why did it come down to that when when they're chasing down a lead who's taking the lead is uh, lead on the court is it consistently clear who gets the ball like mavericks whether they're chasing whether they're in the lead regardless of what scenario if the clippers miss a shot or whoever misses a shot anyone on the mavs gets a rebound who's the ball going to that first pass who's it going to yep. everyone in the building knows who's getting the ball I don't think it's clear with the Clippers. I don't think even if they get the ball, they they have a plan as to what to do. They just look like they're just figuring out their offense on the fly as they go. And if they still think one year after whatever happened to them last year happened, that they mm-hmm. can just wing it, that that damn good, no practice, no games together, just come and let it rip, they are pretty damn good. Uh, but that's a very risky strategy to employ. 
Kawhi had an off night today. Overall, he had an off night today. He was spending more time defending Luka. I don't know if that wore him down. I mean, I'll, I'll be shocked if a pro player of his level, one game mm-hmm. defending from half court, the other team's best player, and you're worn down. But he had an off night. Nobody supported him, and it was just a just a disastrous performance. I I really don't know what to say about this team. But Luka, uh, two differences between him and Lillard's performance. One, he got the win. That's the most important. Mm-hmm. But also Lillard held it all the way through into two overtimes, no less. Luca had a mm-hmm. disastrous fourth quarter. It could have cost them the game. Yep. Scored yep. two. I thought he scored zero until someone pointed out he scored two. Uh, so <laughs> and a couple of turnovers as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he had a completely. Off- I, the I game. think he, good self awareness though. He, he was the first to acknowledge it post game. Yes, he, was he always does that. Right, that he was nice in the see, fourth yeah. quarter. Uh, very similar to LeBron, uh, whom I I understand he idolizes. Right, LeBron has almost a photographic memory of all the things that he did wrong, the other team did wrong and stuff. So it is really similar to that. But the team stepped up. The team that slept through three quarters. I mean, at one point at yeah. halftime, it was like 69 points for the Clippers, 36 or 39 in this game. <laughs> Boban was the second top yeah, scorer yeah, in that like team at halftime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, good for him. They they stepped up. And this is another level. The first two games, Luka was spectacular. But then Finney Smith went off. They were getting shots in from uh, from all, all around the court. They were hitting threes. Except posing is pretty much everyone stepped up in those... Yep. Uh, in those first uh, first two games, right? Uh, Hardway uh, hit, hit some clutch shots. And, and they got through. And then game three and four, all of them went disappearing. Uh, it was just down to Luka and then the Clippers played well, so they lost. This game was a continuation of the support just not coming in, just not good enough. Porzingis, I, I don't even know if he's on the court half the time. It's that bad. Yeah. 7-3, so that's saying something. <laughs> and yet, they won. They found a way to, to win off of the back of another monster performance from Luka. And it doesn't look like he's tiring. This is supposedly an injured Luca with some nerve issue in his neck, mm-hmm. no less. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, be, be afraid, Western Conference. He's he's just getting started, just like the Knicks, but he's like ten steps ahead. Good that you mentioned Porzingis. What is wrong with him? He he doesn't even get to five rebounds these days. Today he didn't even get to double-digit yeah. scoring. Boban had nine and KP had eight. How bad is that for the Mavs? I don't even see him having a long-term future with the Mavs. What do you think? Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a little heartless, but they should trade him um, because this is another John Wall situation. Lot of talent, lot of potential, injured all the time. How does it matter? Except with with KP, it's a lot more dangerous because that's an, that's an unnatural size for a human. Right. Right? It's it's not normal for people to be of that size, and that size fails more often than not. You'd hear of a Shaq, you'd hear of a Giannis or a KD. But who remembers uh, Greg Oden, who was mm-hmm. on par with anyone else coming into the league, just fizzled out, never was fit to play. Yep. An unnatural size. That's why everyone's so worried about Zion. So, with with that come issues. Anthony Davis, growth spurt, one year, just shot up by a foot, injury played ever since. Yep. So, it, this could be a recurring thing. And I suspect either he's still struggling with an injury, posing his, or... A lot of great players in the past have said this. There have been injuries and major injuries. I'm talking at the level of Achilles and ACLs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Where even if they did come back, it played on their mind. Right. Every time they make a move that led to the injury before, like a crossover or a spin or getting to a spot, they're hesitant to do it. Right. They're hesitant to take a leap to make that dunk because what if I land awkwardly again? I just, it mentally, it wears you down. Maybe it's that, but we're speculating. Um, I don't think we're ever going to see a fully fit 
Porzingis for more than a season. Mm-hmm. Could be a hot take, but would, that's what data and history tells us uh, with players that tall and that big. Mavs, if they're being cold-blooded and focused on building a championship team, they should trade mm-hmm. him now because they still will get a ton of value. Of course. Mavs lead 3-2. Uh, no no home wins so far in this entire series. This is this hasn't happened since 1995, I think, when Houston Rockets <laughs> and Spurs all won on the road, five yeah. five games on the road. Would you pick the Clippers to make a comeback in this and take this to seven? Maybe. I think that was the season that Houston Rockets came down from a 2-0 uh, deficit. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, uh, history is kind of on the Clippers' head now, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but what about that stat, right? Game 5's winner usually wins a 7-game series, even if this does right. go to 7. Maybe it'll right. go to 7. Uh, I mean, if the pattern's anything to go by, Game 6 is in Dallas, so Clippers should win. Maybe it'll go to Game 7. I I trust the Clippers to be good enough at least to take it to Game 7. But mm-hmm. neither do I want to bet against history that the Game 5 winners will go down in Game 7. Nor do I want to bet on the Clippers in a Game 7 ever until they prove that they can handle <laughs> it. So, I'm going with Mavs for the series. Can't really make a Game 6 prediction. Alright, so those were the games today. Another interesting Game 6 tomorrow. The Portland Trailblazers taking on the Denver Nuggets. And the Lakers and the Phoenix Suns. What are your picks for those games? Both of them, firecrackers. Both of them, I really don't know whom to pick in the Trailblazers and Nuggets. Because you see one team play and you're like, there's no way Denver's losing this. And then you see Lillard put up 40 points and like Denver just crashing by 30 points in Game 4, was it? And then you see Portland play that way and you'll be like, there's no way they're losing this from here. And then yeah. they crash and they burn. So I, I really don't know what's going on in that series. It's it's fun to watch. There's no defense. True. Uh, True. What's your pick for that game? Yeah, except when, when Denver crash and burn, it's usually because Lillard's gone off. And yeah. when Portland crash and burn, it's because everyone else except him has absolutely not gone off. <laughs> like they've gone off the court. They've just given up and walked out. <laughs> like what do you do when in the clutch final seconds of dub, of second overtime... You you draw three defenders, give the ball to an open Covington, and he decides to get cute. Oh man! <laughs> he missed a dunk. He missed a dunk in a three-point lead game, and then the very next play, McCollum gets the ball on the perimeter. He knows this because he took three steps back to receive that pass, so he's in position for a three-point shot. He knows his feet are just squished in that gap between the baseline, uh, between the touch sideline and the and the arc. What does he do? He he does a step back fake before he dribbles forward. That step back is like a foot beyond the line. That's out of bounds. That's a turnover. <laughs> Two back to back turnovers. Last minute of overtime. Double overtime. What do you do? So going by all this, mm-hmm. how much it takes for Portland to even contend in the series? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think this is now Denver's lose. I, I would expect them to clinch it. All right. And the Phoenix Suns and the Lakers. It's said that Anthony Davis is more probable to play than Chris Paul. And supposing Anthony Davis plays and he's say sixty percent fit, would you pick the Lakers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if he's playing, he's even if he's even remotely fit. Uh yes. Um because he's playing for pride right now. I don't think there's gonna be a lot of conservative approach in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh LeBron's playing for pride. Two two players of survival. Yeah, exactly. So I um also LeBron going out in the first round. Has that ever happened? I don't remember if it has. So, what are the odds that the referees will call Aiton for three fouls in the first two minutes and <laughs> you got to bench him? <laughs> maybe, maybe. But no, no, I'm not too worried about it. Look, if Eddie's there, then that kind of takes care of it. Um, but the only regret that I have, who knows, maybe Phoenix win this game, right? But the only regret that I have is, unlike Phoenix, where the atmosphere is so amazing because they have a capacity crowd, mm-hmm. 
staples doesn't i, I don't think that yeah. i mean you'll know the regulations better but uh, they don't have uh, they have a very they limited yeah. crowd capacity yep as we saw today in the clippers game also so yep. um th- that sucks because a game 6 survival game <clears throat> excuse me you know packed to the rafters staple center that's a sight yep. that's quite a sight but that's, uh, yeah that's, that's the only sad part look I, i expect the lakers to at least put up a fight i don't know if i can say i expect anymore i hope they put up a fight because it's not bad that they lost game 5 most people were expecting them to i think we picked the suns as well yep it was that they gave up in the first quarter the first quarter right. everyone not named lebron james gave up in the first quarter and then lebron kind of gave up in the second quarter which is like what is happening he walked off the court <laughs> He went into the locker room with like three or four yep. minutes on the clock. That's pathetic. So put up a fight. You're gonna go down, go down with dignity and respect, and we'll say, okay, this was an injured season. But that was disgraceful. The way they played in Game Five, the way the Clippers choked today, uh, they should just shut down basketball in Los Angeles. I, I, they just they're a black mark on <laughs> on the sport right now. <laughs> All right, then lots to look forward to tomorrow. Two fun games, and I'll catch up after tomorrow's games. All right, man. Cheers. See you. Hey if you enjoyed this podcast don't forget to check out our other interesting podcasts on the IVM network you can listen to us on the IVM podcast app ivmpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts you can also follow us on our social media we're at IVM podcasts on twitter and instagram and if you want to reach out to us at triangle offense and you know you do you know you want to reach out to us and tell us that our opinions on your favorite players are trash you want to tell us magic johnson is still better than steph curry and you don't think steph curry has changed the game for all that and more reach out to us at tri offense pod that's t r i o f f e n s e pod on both instagram and twitter if you love cricket listen up the edges and sledges cricket podcast is here for you Hosted by DJ Varun and me Ashwin, we bring a fun, fresh fans point of view to talking all things cricket. Sometimes it's just the three of us, sometimes we have guests including current and former international cricketers. For new episodes every week, check out the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast on the IBM app, website or wherever you get your podcasts. Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your 5-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday. as i explore the strange obscure and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before you can find us on the ivm podcast app website or wherever you get your podcast from